Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the live podcast show where we look at human evolution and try and work out where it might be going. Think of it as homo improvement. And people are always saying things like... (laughs) You see, people are always saying things like, oh, you know, you can't do genetic research, genetic engineering, the genie is out of the bottle, the genie is out of the bottle, forgetting precisely what the point of having a genie is. (laughs) I mean, that's how you get those sweet, sweet wishes. A genie is not supposed to be in a bottle. It's not a kind of agoraphobic spirit, is it? (laughs) Perhaps it just lives in London. Perhaps a bottle is the only thing that it can afford a mortgage on. But perhaps it's just wanted to get in the property ladder and one day dreams of moving into a lamp. Have you thought about that? <laughs> I'm joined today by three guests and the audience here at the Bloomsbury Theatre studio for its first ever recording. Ooh. On my right here we have Katie Williams. Uh, Katie is a PhD student here at UCL studying the evolution of gut bacteria in primates. So, um, Katie, am I right in thinking then that that means that you work with chimps and when they do that thing they do where they throw their poo at you, you basically just say thanks and try and catch it? Yeah, I just have a massive bag and I'm just waiting ready, just gathering all that. <laughs> no, a it's, a bit, it's a bit nicer than that, so I ask them nicely and they nicely give it to me. Not just it's a not PhD, just, no. a lifestyle choice, everyone. No. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Matthew Tater. Matthew is a 26-year-old Londoner working on developmental and stem cell biology. From that moment, he first clapped eyes on his first human brain. He knew that he'd never be able to shake that fascination in its wrinkled surface. We also have to ask at this point, how did you first clap eyes on a human brain? It wasn't just that I frequented upon it like down the high street. I was working in a hospital, so it happened to be a place where you would expect, or at least expect more to see a brain. More medical, less serial killer. Precisely, yeah, exactly. So it's all right. (laughs) And also we're joined by Steve Cross, the science comedian and creator of Bride Club and Science Show Off. Go see them both. They are terrific and awesome. And there's now a thousand and one other show-offs that have kind of been spawned as a result. They have. I was doing history last night. So um, I had a room full of 100 historians, all of whom were laughing like crazy, which I didn't think is actually humanly possible. Uh, I thought they would all be sitting there mainly being very upset about the lack of research funding in their field. Well, with contributions from these guys and the audience here... We're going to be trying to come up with a sort of design spec for the next 
the next stage of human evolution. So we want to hear your suggestions. And at the end of tonight, we are going to vote and carry that motion forward. We're going to take it to the best scientists and they'll say go away. <laughs> so uh, let's get kicked right off. We've got a bit of a news review section. Uh, each of the panel here have brought their own news story that they particularly like. Let's start with you, Katie. What grabbed your attention? Okay, so I really like this story, and its title is Say Hello to Machines That Read Your Emotions to Make You Happy. And I kind of, I like this because I don't like it. Like, the, just the idea that you need, like... <laughs> I like this. That idea that, like, we're so lazy now that we need a machine to make us happy. So that it's a little, it's a 90 millimeter cube, um, and it sits in your home, and it recognises your face, uh, so it knows when you are happy, when you need cheering up, and it knows the right responses to give you. It's like that um, egg in Sleeper. Have you seen Sleeper, Woody Allen film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they all gather around as sort of like, as you would in like a fondue set in the 70s, and they all take turns to hold this sort of silver, sort of chrome Fabergé egg, and Woody Allen, who's playing a robot, sort of hogs it for a half hour, and he looks like he's creaming his pants, but it's supposed to be sort of the next evolution of kind of where the party games will go after that. So that's a disturbing yeah. view of the future, and people are now actually doing the work on it. Simon, I did recently see something a bit like this uh, in real life. So I was at something called Future Fest, organised by Nesta, and they had the world's first neuroscience-powered theme park ride. So you sit on a chair and it reads your brain and it plays you a video of you like going down a weird tunnel, like it's the early days of virtual reality and you can't have very many triangles, so you just make it a bit shiny and colourful. And then what it would do is it would try various things like speeding you up and slowing you down and spinning you round. And whenever it read that you were happy, it would do more of that. So the idea was that by the end of your ride, you were really, really happy because uh, it would keep doing the things that made you happy. So I went straight up to the guy running it and I said, can you program it so that the things that make you really scared, it does more of? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I just changed one number. <laughs> now it's petrifying. So uh, that's what worries me about this machine. What if someone hacked that and your machine that's meant to be making mm. you happy instead decides to drive you mad? <laughs> There have been people hacking children's toy yeah. dolls, haven't they? Um, to make them say, basically, the entire script from The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what about you? What have you brought along for us? Well, mine follows in the similar guise to what Cage is talking about. It's basically how some basic core biology, um, which I'm assuming the authors of this uh, study thought was pretty innocent, or at least very important, actually could be used for terrible, terrible things. So it's looking at uh, this specific gene that's involved in how the human brain has grown and expanded as opposed to, let's say, a chimpanzee's or a mouse, and also in particular how it's become wrinkles. Uh, and it's very interesting in the sense that it, you know it's found a way of putting our huge, powerful brains into sort of a molecular context. But the notion is if you could do this uh, this experiment, or you can understand this in humans, why not build a bigger brain? Why not have this throbbing cerebrum like um, the brain out of Pinky in the brain, which was a mouse? And actually, ironically, this paper found this very cool thing where they put this gene into a mouse's brain, and one side of its brain became wrinkly, and normally it's smooth. So they sort of started to give it human characteristics. And there's sort of sadistic uh, news articles I'd read about, you know, basically where uh, those test subjects, the, the mice themselves, will soon be doing the experiments on the humans and wondering why they haven't caught up. Um, um, so, it, I mean, it, this, is, this is a lot where biology, um, stem cells, they have, you know, honest beginnings and then actually it's so easy just to extrapolate and make something totally barbaric and futuristic. We do have to ask here, um, why is wrinkly good? Because Yule says it isn't. 
Who says it isn't? <laughs> like every skincare product. Why is Wrinkly good when it comes to brains? I, 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 I hope you are reading the label and not applying skincare products to your brain. It's called Gyrification, so they're called Gyri. And basically it's sort of, it's a readout of how diverse the brain is. So I guess if you could imagine that one fold equals one function. If you're a chimpanzee's brain, which has only a few folds, then you know they have the ability to think and communicate, but not perhaps to have that complex higher thought that we have. And it's just, there's just these various different regions that can play off each other in a way that say a mouse's unwrinkled brain can only just think about sex and food. Okay, so wrinklier is better. Wrinklier is much, much better. Cool. Yeah. Because we've never met any humans who can only think about sex and food. <laughs> Steve, that brings us to you. Uh, no, not because of that. I mean, because it's oh, not your turn you. for yeah. news review. Yeah, I wanted to share. Uh, this is the scariest thing that I've seen in a long time in science. And it's not just one paper. It's loads and loads of papers. So the, the way I picked this up was I was looking at a new scientist, 20th of May, 2015. And the article is, Young blood helps repair fractured bones of ageing mice which doesn't sound that frightening until you read on, and it says, um, Youngblood has once again shown its promise as an elixir of youth. Blood from young mice helps bones of older animals heal. Over the past few years, researchers have reversed muscle atrophy, memory loss, heart degradation, and the effects of cognitive decline by pumping the blood of young mice into old mice. And I find this petrifying as somebody who is never going to own a house, that there's a possibility that for humans now, there's one more way in which the baby boomer generation is going to screw everybody else. <laughs> is that eventually they're going to buy all the houses and the only way to pay rent will be to actually give them our blood. Uh, and it just absolutely petrified me, this idea. I mean, whatever it is in this blood that is healing things, we need to isolate it and find out a way to make it out of something as cheap as chips really, really quickly. Because otherwise we're going to end up with an entire slave race of everyone under 40. <laughs> it's Not that I'm extrapolating wildly from experiments <laughs> only found in mice or anything. It's, it, that's principally the subject of so many science fiction movies where you've got like a human blood bag. I don't know if you've seen Mad Max has come out recently where yep. Tom Hardy is effectively a blood bag for somebody because he's healthier, he's presumably producing something that is useful. But when you're talking about a whole human being, it's quite hard to pinpoint exactly what it's doing. So it just takes on sort of vampirism type, type slant. Could you theoretically do it for yourself? Like if I was to, you know, take out a pint and shove it into the freezer and come back to it later on. Does it have to be fresh? It depends yeah, how much later we're talking. I mean, I think the animals Steve's referring to are sort of like, you know, juvenile and then old-aged. So by the time you get uh, to your old age, it's chances are either the fridge is broken or your blood is effectively just either a block of congealed mass. So Matthew, presumably what we should do then is clone ourselves and then the young clone of us, when it's maybe 14, 15, the first time it says we're embarrassing, Kill it, Absolutely. harvest its blood, pump it into ourselves, solve all of our problems. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think no, it's your good. idea that I'm just reflecting <laughs> back at you. I, that did not come from me. Anyone who's thinking that I said we should kill 14-year-old clones of ourselves, absolutely not. That's Matthew's idea that I'm just reflecting back to him. Steve shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, well, actually, um, I don't normally have a new story of my own, but I caught this and it amazed me so much. I, I'm going to have to show the audience here a photo because... Um, you may have heard we're using 3D printing to make prosthetics, and that's really, really cool. It could be one of the things that means that everybody has a new limb that fits, that we can have kind of proper bespoke limb making. Um, 
But this really caught me because they've given a titanium jaw to a loggerhead turtle. How amazing is that? That is petrifying. It is, isn't it? <laughs> you really need to put this picture on the podcast because that is the turtle that won Robot Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and it is coming for you. I mean, I don't know how big that is in real life, but on the screen, its, its mouth could gape about three feet. It could take your head clean off. What's even better, this is not the only thing. So I don't, actually, I never understood why it's titanium, bearing in mind that they eat jellyfish. Like, how, how, strong, <laughs> how strong a mouth do you need? But we also know there's been a tortoise called Cleopatra, who's in a 3D-printed shell, and a goose called Buttercup, who's had a 3D-printed leg. So we've even got 3D printing in veterinary now. How cool is that? <laughs> so you can see science is advancing. That is news. So uh, I think we're onto the stage where our panel is going to make some suggestions and tell us what they'd like to see in the next human. So shall we begin this time with Matthew? Um, okay, so one of the big pressing issues that seems to be worrying a lot of scientists seems to be this idea of antibiotic resistance, um, which apparently is going to kill us quicker than climate change. Way. Um, so I was thinking instead of us, I think vaccinations now, we only tend to have if we're going on holiday. What about if we have, let's say, a foodstuff that we regularly eat um, let's say maybe once a month, which has sort of the up-to-date, uh, you know, versions of the current anti-resistant uh, bacteria out there. So we can sort of slowly accumulate a resistance, maybe by eating a banana every week. Um, and effectively, it's a way of keeping up to date with the bacteria that would kill us normally. And we don't need antibiotics at all. So self-inoculating yourself. Pretty much, but not not through a vaccination, through something harmless like a piece of fruit, you know, maybe you, a piece of chewing gum. It does sound like you're marketing probiotic yogurts. <laughs> yeah, but probiotic yogurts don't tend to have uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria in there. Otherwise, we would probably die. Would, I think. Well, yeah, probably the point. Would, are you saying we intentionally eat the things that are resistant to all the drugs and can kill us? How about in that seems a weird way round <laughs> for me. I mean, admittedly, then you end up with a human population that's resistant to that bacteria really fast. But it's a very small human population. <laughs> Absolutely, but the, I guess the principle of vaccination is that you don't put the version that would kill you in it. So mm. it's ah. it's let's say an inactivated form or one that isn't going to replicate and cause the disease. Otherwise, yeah, you should have just gone to someone else because. It wasn't. <laughs> As long as it's not yogurt, I'm happy because I, I hate this fad which has happened where you now think that yogurt cures everything. Like one day you're going to go to a doctor and they'll say, I see you're missing a leg. Have you tried a fruit corner? That seems to be, that's oh. where we're going. They're all nonsense as well. So like all the, sorry to all the probiotics out there, but they are like the amount that they contain um, of the bacteria that are supposed to help you. I think it's been worked out that you die from the amount of yogurt that you'd eat before you'd get like the benefits from the bacteria themselves. But what a way to go. <laughs> it was a nice flavor of yogurt. I'm all for that. So we first of all have Matthew's uh, self-inoculating vaccinations through food. Good suggestion. What have you got, Katie? So mine is almost the opposite of Matthew's in that I want us to be more like bacteria. Uh, so there's this really cool thing in bacteria called the SOS response and essentially when they're in times of stress they ramp up their uh, mutation rate so they just start like popping up with new qualities in the hope that one of them gives them an advantage. So I just like the idea that if like there was a massive crisis we'd all start mutating and we'd all like one of us would get the power and then we'd be fine. <laughs> So, like, if you've got a deadline due tomorrow, you turn into Wolverine. Kind of, well, yeah. I'm all for it. What, what, is the what if it's a non 
cutting things with claws related to yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a short sighted response. You have to give a presentation and now you can rip people's heads off. <laughs> also, you become Canadian. I mean, it's just, that's maybe a bit niche for the audience uh, just by cheering how many people knew the nationality of all of the X Men. There we go, right? <laughs> is that, is that Sorry Hugh about Jackman? that. Hugh Jackman's Australian, isn't he? Hugh Jackman is Australian, but Wolverine is Canadian. I think the, the casting agents just thought. It speaks English, it's not America, it's all the same. You're a whole level of geek I didn't know about. This is <laughs> it's the glasses talking. Um, okay, so that's an SOS response for mutations. I love that. Okay, Steve, you're a go. Um, I wanted to ask the audience uh, a thing, uh, and it's going to be quite hard to cheer this because it's not hugely positive, but you have to cheer it so it picks up on the microphones. I want you to give me a cheer on the count of three. Don't do it straight away because I'm going to explain it. It's quite complicated. I want you to give me a cheer if in the, in the past three years... You've thought, oh, I've done my back, or ah, my neck hurts. On account of three, one, two, three. Yeah. That is what I want to fix about human beings, right? We've got one inbuilt structure that is apparently the greatest thing that evolution can possibly accomplish for the simple task of being able to stay upright. But If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Also become horizontal when required. And it's completely broken in everybody that I meet. I had a friend of mine is a bone surgeon. He said, yeah, I spend 80% of my time telling people I have no idea what's wrong with their backs. Like, You're a consultant. It's like, well, what we do is we just get them to think pleasant thoughts and it's all fine. So this is what I would like to do for all humans. 
uh, is we just offer them. The minute that you're grown to full size, you're not going to change size at all, we offer you a service where we just take your back out and put in three bits of titanium with bolts. Because, you know, it'll hold you upright when it has to hold you upright. We'll put some locking mechanism in. You only really need to have three, three or four positions, depending on how adventurous you are in the evenings. Um, that's good. I like the people who didn't laugh at that, because they're like, I'm not giving away. I know what he means. Uh, and that's what I'd like to do, is then we'll have something that definitely works. And also, we'll have something that we definitely know, the entire structure, what every part does, how it fits together, how it's supposed to work. So when it doesn't work, we can take a bit out and put a new bit in, rather than being a consultant bone doctor and going, I don't know. I'm scared of this, Steve, because this is effectively what we used to do with teeth. Like, it used to be a common thing. Um, a, a woman's wedding present in Glasgow used to be that she'd get all her teeth removed. And that's not a present to the husband. In this case. <laughs> were, they, were they replaced with anything or just taken out? They, they were all taken out and then they were given falsies. But wait, so what, why, why was that not a good idea? Because yes. it sounds like a really good idea. Like... Actually, yeah, maybe it was. Okay. Also, let's not forget, this is coming from the man who earlier on was saying how brilliant it is to have a 3D-printed jaw for a turtle. <laughs> and now you're very anti a 3 If I had a 3D-printed titanium jaw, I'm never cooking anything again. <laughs> <laughs> I concede on that point. So uh, that is self-inoculating vaccinations from Matthew, SOS response mutations from Katie, and Bacomatic from Steve. <laughs> Branded Go, it. Give him a round of applause, everyone, please. So, uh, do you think you lot can do better? Mm. So, our first suggestion comes from the corner. Please, what's your name and what do you think? Um, it's Eliana Arani. Um, my suggestion is that we have an inbuilt Google function in our heads. So, we can, at all times, um, just access the Google function in our heads and search whatever we want, or if we're having a conversation with somebody and we're thinking of something, we can just go straight into our heads and back it up. Um, so it's like having information at your fingertips without actually having to touch anything. Being able to fact check yeah, every fact check, single thing. get information, just having the internet in your head. Do you need to be connected to Wi-Fi for that? No, or is just, just, yeah, we've evolved, so we have Wi-Fi just inbuilt. Okay, because I've never lived in a flat with good connection, so I can imagine yeah, it, that, you know what it says, the search has been done in like 0. 0.4 of a second. Mine would be like, I'd be just stalled, crashed, like in the middle of an argument, waiting to retrieve stuff, and only finding pictures of like, you know, laughing babies. Yeah, it comes out. Okay. More nice. than laughing babies. Do we end up having something strange like whenever it's loading, your belly button starts rotating and it's something <laughs> rotating. I haven't That's the killer that feature. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want one until then, now I want one. <laughs> I want me to have access to all information, yeah. but I don't necessarily want everyone else to have access to all information, yeah. because that's just... If we all just spend all our time going, no, that's wrong, no, that's wrong, no, that's wrong, that's boring. <laughs> but if I do that, it's hilarious. <laughs> But then that's a superpower. That's, that's, I guess, the difference between something that's a level-up human kind of thing where we can all share it. A superpower is presumably one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's why we have to stop ourselves falling into transhumanism, which is about a tiny number of people have this thing. And I suppose it's quite nice to think that if one of us gets it, we should all get it. Because then I think, oh, no, you're shaking your head at me like only you want it. You no, and me, I, I no one else. I think just having access to Google in your head doesn't mean you're going to have the answers to everything. Because certain things involve researching. So, you know, the amount of times I Google something and actually go through various articles and mm. kind of um, absorb information and, you know, try and figure out the answer myself. Everyone's going to have maybe different abilities mm. when it comes to doing that. So, Well, thank you ever so much. <laughs> Katie.
Katie, what's caught your eye? So this one is from Anne, Anne Limke, Linky, um, and it is extended retention of attention. Um, so just the idea that humans are increasingly distracted and are lacking focus on tasks. In the future, we'll be competing with tech for better, faster computation. So it kind of feeds off that. It's like the, the Google idea that like we actually just need to be better at paying attention, I guess. Anne, why do you think we need this? Can we get a microphone to you? Hi there. Um, I think it's just, um, I guess, building out from the previous question, which is like Google and access is, um, again, I guess, we kind of lack that process of discovery that um, probably leads up to the, you know, the element of creativity as well as like inspiration that we're just having that convenience of getting that information rather than actually understanding the process or understanding, you know, the the creation of what what that thing is. So um, I think we've just sort of skipped a step and we just want to be better and faster without really truly understanding why. There are some people who are already getting enhanced attention. I'm, I'm aware of academic doping. So like, the t- look, genuine, this is a real thing, people taking mm. Ritalin. Um, bearing in mind, we actually got a, a panel here of university workers. <laughs> I'm aware of this, yeah. Have you, you've come across this? I, I actually yeah. had a friend who'd, uh, she had three days to, to write her dissertation thesis, which was about 15,000 words. She stayed up for 72 hours straight, having taken Ritalin, um, and it all went fantastically well. She got a first and spent <laughs> two weeks in the hospital. Oh, yeah, she'd done something terrible to her heart. So, yeah, I mean, you can dope, but um, whilst we might kick athletes out of, you know, Olympics and that, um, there's no Olympics of, like, heart function. At least I don't think so. So, um, yeah, it's it's not ideal. But it is, I, I guess, on a short-term basis, you could probably do well for an exam if you're the sort of person to daydream off, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's me. So I'm <laughs> all I've taken from that is that Ritalin makes you more attentive. But let's imagine in that case that there is a better drug, that there is one that doesn't have the down effects. Is it a good thing? I don't know. I think, like, it's the same thing as Steve was saying. Like, I'd like to have it, and then no one else have it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually the kind of the, the argument for fairness, I suppose. Yeah. If we could... Because I have to admit, like, if there was something good enough, I'd, I'd want it in the water supply. I'd love us all. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, if you're all being made more attentive, then it kind it kind of doesn't really have an effect because if everyone's be, like paying more attention, then I guess no one is any more attentive than the rest of you. Well, unless you you argue that they make the, the whole human race skilling up in that way means that together we can accomplish much more. But the problem is that it ignores the fact that selfish, evil people are also upskilled <laughs> in order to bring the rest of us down more efficiently, and the whole thing balances out. You kind of need to do a uh, yeah, a basic are you evil test, which I think you can do with a dipstick <laughs> um, to find out whether we give people these things or not. All right, Matthew, what have you grabbed? Well, I, I seem to have got quite a few bordering on the metaphysical, which I certainly appreciate. So I've got, we've got David Wood, who's also fantastically provided his email address, david uh, at deltawisdom.com. You probably can't <laughs> I've cut out a few letters. Um, but it, it's, it's, it speaks volumes about how he feels about life. Get rid of our cognitive biases so we can think straight and find the best solutions. 
It sounds like a pitch from like a motivational speaker, but uh, it certainly rings volumes with me because I think um, we tend to look at life through a very judgmental pair of glasses. Um, things make us feel something, we react to it, um, when in fact perhaps we could be a bit more unbiased uh, and think about things objectively and not be affected by things, not have to read a newspaper and then hate somebody afterwards, or have a conversation with somebody and formulate an opinion which is instantly, you know, destructive. Something that is purely objective and you could switch it on and off uh, depending on what you were doing. Uh, let's say if you're having a family dinner then maybe yeah, you can be biased if you want to. But um, I think thinking straight is something that not many of us do. David, where, where are you in the room? Ah, we're going to get a microphone to you because this, you have motivated us David. Um, what prompted you to want this? Because we're facing some tough problems in the world and we're all pretty biased in making sense of the options think of something like climate change, you've got lots of very clever people who grab evidence that there's no climate change worth worrying about. There's another bunch of very clever people who grab other bits of evidence. And just having us all being cleverer, just having us all having more information probably isn't going to fix that problem because we've all got our deep biases in terms of, well, I'm one of these kind of guys and they, we all tend to have this kind of view. We don't like uh, regulations or we don't want cutbacks. But if we could only set these aside, and I don't want this just for myself. I particularly want it for politicians. I particularly want it for corporate leaders. Mm. I want it for everybody so that we can all uh, enjoy being human but set aside some of the stuff we've inherited from our Neolithic forebears where some of these biases probably were quite useful for us in these days. You know, it was useful to be short-term thinking. Yes. It was useful to trust authority in these days. But now we've got kind of the authority bias and the short-term bias and anchoring and all this stuff which on the whole, misleads us. So if we weren't so misled, we'd probably be able to sort out big issues like climate change and austerity and should we join the EU and should we leave the Eurovision Song Cost and <laughs> all these tough existential problems. We'll have a clearer view and uh, probably then uh, enjoy a much better future. That's an, I, I like this a lot, actually. Um, I have to ask in that case, because what you're basically asking here for is, is logic. Um, we're talking kind of Oh, for what, what's Spock species? Vulcan, isn't Vulcan, it Vulcan? Yeah. I'm the wrong kind of geek again. This <laughs> I don't want to just be logical. I think we should still have feelings, but they should be feelings that we are happy to have rather than feeling we often uh, f feel bad about ourselves. So we should, we should have plenty of compassion, plenty of kindness, but we shouldn't be ruled just by this kind of a, we get a fire in our hearts, which then misleads us. You know, when, you smoke, when your heart's on fire, smoke gets in your eyes. Yes. She's got a fire on her heart that doesn't uh, mislead us. So we'll have plenty of feelings, but it's the feelings we'll be happy to have. What do you think, folks? Do you not just end up like really apathetic then? If you've got no kind of passion, no fire for things, do you not end up kind of like... But you're assuming that logic is opposite from passion <laughs> there. Well, yeah, I guess like the fire in your heart kind of thing. Like if you strongly believe in something, that gives you the kind of drive to pursue it rather than just being like, that's a good idea. I wonder where the selectivity comes in, though, because obviously when you're, like you said, when in, in Neolithic times, also when you're a, a child, an adolescent, there is a certain amount of influencing that needs to happen in terms of development. So I guess, I don't know how you could ever, for example, switch off the mega corporations, but, you know, keep on mum and dad, basically. What do you reckon, David? Have we I don't think there needs to be just one right answer. I mean, the lo logic does show that sometimes there's several good approaches, but not everything's equally valid. You know, just like diets, you know, there's no, no one best diet, but there's certainly some food which is better for you and some food which is worse for you. There's no one unique best culture, but there are some cultures which are pretty terrible and some cultures which are good. So I think if we're deciding what to do, we should get uh, rid of the biases which lead us on to some of the terrible 
ter terrible ideas, and then leave us to have a proper discussion about the things that are genuinely open for discussion. Mm. So in the words of Google, you know, we'll be together, but not the same. Plenty of diversity, but we'll be going roughly in the overall good direction. Thank you so much. Please, everyone. All right, everybody. So we've reached that point where you have got to decide. We have had six suggestions. There was self-inoculating the vaccinations through our food. Ooh. There has been an SOS response causing mutations when you're stressed. We have had the uh, improved back because our backs are rubbish, or at least Steve's is. Um, we've had and the audience. I did check with the audience. It affects many of the people here directly. Just saying, I'm just going for the populist vote. Okay, it, it might work. You never know. Um, they have a direct Google in your brain. Uh, other search engines are available, I'm sure. Um, Ask Jeeves isn't. Uh, okay, we've also got a selective attention, so being able to pick and maximize our attention. And then a way of getting rid of our sort of biases, perhaps with a bit of brain surgery, you never know. So, by a kind of vote of going, um, all their noises. That is it, we want a Godzilla impression. <laughs> Half hearted Godzilla impressions are the way that we're doing it. Yeah, just shout out whenever we say the ones. So, first of all, self inoculating vaccinations. <laughs> wow. I'm glad. I'm, I'm Wait, very I'm glad gonna, I came. I'm just going to do this for the podcast so they can cut it in later. Uh. <laughs> but I like the idea that like not even Matt clapped Don't his own idea. So <laughs> I, I, thanks, Katie. I appreciate it. I'm not it. clapping my own now. <laughs> There's no hope. Um, okay. Then we have the SOS mutations. There's no particularly quiet class. Right, of the three people who made noises, how many are X-Men fans? <laughs> Thank you for your very British clap. That was uh, incredible. <laughs> the new improved back. It's from the one person lying down people. at the back. Drink later. You can, to your um, friend later, perhaps. Uh, we've got Google in the brain. Oh, okay, Bing in, <laughs> Bing in the brain. <laughs> Yahoo in the brain. <laughs> just no, checking. No, I, okay. I just thought it might be a thing that they prefer different search engines. All right, selective attention. Whee! And getting rid of biases. Whee! All right, I think that is going through. In that case, well done, Dave. Uh, how do you feel about this accolade? doesn't feel any way at all. He's got no biases. <laughs> I feel very good about that, and it's a very rational reason for feeling good about it. Yes, the crowd was with you. They took the logical decision, and we've decided that's what we're going to take forward. Thank you, Dave. Um, everybody, you've been absolutely lovely. We're taking forward to our design team uh, humans getting rid of their biases. Before we go, we have to thank Matthew Tata, Katie Williams, and Steve Cross, and the audience here at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Give yourselves a massive round of applause. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to leveluphuman.com. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.